Hi, and welcome to Eat My Words, a twice-monthly Arizona Highways podcast that celebrates Arizona's unique culinary culture. I'm your host, Kelly Vaughn. For this episode of Eat My Words, I'm pleased to introduce Chef Lisa Dahl, author of A Romance with Food. Chef Dahl, thank you for joining me. Gosh, Kelly, I'm so happy. I'm such an admirer of Arizona Highways, and I'm honored to be on your podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you are so well-established in Sedona, and you have been in the culinary industry for quite some time now. What can you tell our listeners about your history? Well, I came to uh, Sedona 26 years ago. I started my restaurants as a way of healing after the loss of my my son, Justin Jones. Many people know about that story. I had been in another industry, which was the fashion business. I grew up in that business and I considered it um, something I would do for many years, but I always loved to cook. And after um, my son lost his life, I decided to start my life over and I wanted to be hands-on with healing uh, elixirs through cooking and hospitality, which is something that was very familiar to me from being in the clothing business and always helping people and being of service as well in that industry. But I always wanted to have a restaurant and I wanted to have one with Justin, quite honestly, that was a dream of mine. And Sedona, of course, is so well known for its spirituality, its beauty. Um, Is that what drew you to Sedona? And where did you where did you move from? I moved from the Bay Area of California, and uh, we had lived there since Justin was in first grade. And uh, absolutely, Sedona was a magical place. I had visited it one time only before I moved there, and it it, it really called to me, but I never thought that I would really live there. Uh, but when I started my life over, I felt this is the perfect place. I didn't at that time know that I would open restaurants. But I really did think that it would be a place that would be gentle and not so much distraction to do my healing process. But also, little by little, I found myself drawn towards a particular restaurant. I could tell you more about that. (laughs) And, you know, obviously opening a restaurant has a multitude of components. The two biggest probably are the business component. And then of course, the culinary component, the Mm -hmm. actual cooking, how would you describe your style of cooking? I think I'm still kind of a California girl (laughs) in my approach towards cooking. I've always been drawn towards natural foods, even though I apply them in different restaurants. You know, as you well know, I have everything from a pizzeria, a burger, Uh, A burger joint, pretty special burger joint. I'll talk more about it Uh, all the way, of course, to Italian where I got my start uh, and a Latin steak and seafood grill. Um, But I always put my approach to to, uh, what the way I feel good about eating into my food. I've always been drawn towards organic uh, produce since as soon as I could find a way to get it on a regular basis with the volume that we needed, I, I never felt better about that choice and have uh, stand, stood behind that for many, many years. Same with all of the different uh, sustainable uh, proteins and seafoods. So it's really, it's a style. And my style is, is vibrant. It's colorful. 
it's you you know when you see your plate that everything is as fresh as it can be and i do think that that is is a um component that you can taste in each of the restaurants. I don't try to reinvent each cuisine from scratch. I try to use the same philosophy that I've always used in all of them, even though they all have different venues. And tell us a little bit about each of those venues. Of course, Mariposa is the most recent restaurant that you opened in Sedona, correct? Um, Mariposa is... The second to most recent. Okay. Jose is now um, nearly seven years old. Gosh. And it's it's a it's like having them all in one. It's such a big, it's a big, super duper demanding restaurant. It draws many, many people. We're very grateful about that, but it's taken quite a lot to really get to know her. <laughs> you know, she's had a little mind of her own at times, uh, but she is. Um, followed by uh, Butterfly Burger, which is actually the newest concept. And it's more than just a burger place. It's really something very special. I try another thing, uh, Kelly, is to always have a very well-versed assortment of foods for every dietary situation that there is. And I was talking about this yesterday uh, I was over working at Butterfly Burger and I was explaining to them when I was showing them an, a new, um, really fabulous salad. It's it's, a, it's like a meal and it's vegan or vegetarian. It's actually gluten-free. I, lo- I love this particular item, but I was telling them many restaurants just put something on and put the V next to it to say, we've got something, but I don't work like that. I want anything that's on that menu to have been a dedicated something that's just as vibrant and perfect for that person. If they choose not to eat meat or, you know, I don't want to isolate anyone. I want everyone to have fun in their, in their choices when they're dining in these dining establishments. So with such a diverse portfolio of restaurants and cuisine that you're working with, a cookbook makes absolute sense. And A Romance with Food is actually your second cookbook. What inspired you to go down that road again? It's such, that's such a deeply reflective question. It seems so simple. So I'll kind of go backwards into The Elixir of Life. I wrote The Elixir of Life at a different time of my life. Obviously, I wrote it 11 years ago. The times could not have been any different. Um, I wrote it for hopes of having my voice as a chef, as a restaurateur come out. At that time, the, the Elixir of Life is written for my two Italian restaurants. And it was a way of me establishing my independence in my relationship, quite honestly, where my partner at the time was a very good chef. It was time for us to part ways. There was many complications that, you know, sometimes you get involved with um, a partner who is you're more romantically inclined with and, and things can take place. But in saying that, I felt like no one recognized what I brought to the table in many respects. And this was a, I had gone through a recent loss of my father and I heard a voice saying, now is the time to stop procrastinating and write your book. So as I wrote The Elixir of Life, it was like a, it was a purging. There's not a, not negative 
everything in there, but I felt like I needed to express my deepest passion. I think my, my tagline is finding love and joy through the passionate pursuit of, of food. It was setting the stage for this book, for restaurants later. I wrote the second book, A Romance with Food, in the midst, or let me say, while the pandemic was really just coming on, I was midway through that book. And it was, it was very, again, very soul searching and very introspective because so much had happened between the Elixir book and those times were so joyful and how I wish is every day of my life. I think, oh, if only it was the way it used to be. And I'm sure that you can understand or anyone listening that has businesses or restaurant businesses per se, but they were both books that I put my heart and soul into. I honestly don't think of them just as cookbooks, but I do believe they are bona fide cookbooks. Even if people have not been into our restaurants, they would feel the soul of the intention of the um, of what goes into a book. It was so much easier <laughs> to write the book initially, The Elixir of Life, because after I heard that voice giving me permission, it was about a year that through the travel journey that led to the Italian cuisine and me wanting to share my personal recipes. I did a lot of catering and a lot of things that I wanted to tell people at home how to put together their parties and things like that. Nowadays, we don't even really do catering. It's so much more difficult. So the contrasts are very far and wide, but I literally took eight years with my partner, Scott, who did the photography in uh, A Romance with Food, to write the book. Many reasons for that is because there were distractions, operations in restaurants, then came the pandemic. But I had captured the inspiration from the first time I got on the plane to make the journey to South America, which I'd never been to. And I knew I had a big restaurant getting built and it was in construction. And I felt that this was the cuisine, which is Latin American style of cuisine, which brings in a full canvas of different opportunities, but wonderful spices and sultry flavors that I'm equally attracted to. I thought this is going to be a really great cuisine for the location of Mariposa, which I believe that a location kind of speaks to you in terms of what it wants to be. And that's always been kind of my philosophy when, you know, designing or putting in a restaurant. Does it want to be this or am I trying to make it be that? And um, that trip really solidified that that was going to be a great fit, because if you do know the Mariposa um, property, it's very masculine. It's very heavy duty. It's, the terrain is exquisite, but you know that a fragile food is not going to fit in there. Uh, and I, I really came back from that trip so inspired. I was journaling the whole way and writing from every town, you know, my journey, my, my adventures and going through the wine country in Mendoza and in uh, Uco Valley. And it, it, was, it was exactly what I needed to know that that was the right type of cuisine that's going to fit in perfect. And it couldn't be categorized as a typical steakhouse or something like this, because at Mariposa, we have the widest array of vegetarian and vegan options because 
much of the way that we, we prepare our food or cook our food is in wood ovens or on wood grills. So there's so many things that you can do and stay aligned with veganism, you know? Right. And so it's really kind of a nifty blend of, of all my favorite things. Well, you're really inspiring me because I'm in the process of writing a book about Arizona food um, for the University of New Mexico Press. And I've, you know, I've launched into this in fits and starts and my manuscript is due uh, in a month, it's due on March 1st, but listening to you talk through your process is really inspiring me to sit down this afternoon and like lean in and really work on that project a little bit. Cause the procrastination is a bear, you know, it is, you know, Kelly, there's one thing I was going to say about that is I'm sure everyone that goes through a creative catharsis realizes in whatever medium that they're involved in, that you can't make it happen. And you have to listen to the voice and you have to, you know, there's some of the greatest epiphanies for me in this last book was that I would think of something like on a walk or being out in nature. And it was like writing itself in my head. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get home and just open up that notebook and start to, you know, scribble because it, it, that is the beauty. And I think the really fun part of, 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 you know, us calling ourselves authors is that we only put out there what was really guided in some, in some fashion. Absolutely. And I, I'm curious about the title of the book, A Romance with Food, because I can think of it on several different levels. You know, as a mom, I express my love for my children through food. Um, I'm engaged. I'm getting married in September. My fiance and I express our love to each other, you know, through food. We love cooking for each other and with each other. So I'm curious about the inspiration for you for the title of the cookbook. Well, congratulations on all of those. And (laughs) that's going to be so fun to be married to a foodie. I can't imagine if he wasn't. (laughs) Um, I actually started to write a concept of a romance with food in 2012, way before I knew anything about Mariposa or going to South America, anything like that. I saw in my mind's eye, the beauty of the title and how open-ended that was for people that romanticize food, whether that is uh, in in foraging, um, in beekeeping, in wine, going to wine, every single aspect about the cuisine to me is romantic. I think we take so much for granted, us that are so fortunate, you know, to, to have food for our tables. But I think that eating is much more than just shoving a meal down our throat. I think it is something that needs to be um, honored and revered. In my first book, we shot the photography with a lot of transparency because I felt that people should see food as art and really have appreciation for the deeper privilege of having food to eat. So I wanted to shoot it so you could see through almost like living organisms. And this is just a kind of a follow-up of a journey, but I do see it as something that can lead to other vertical. I mean, I've always wanted a soup book. I have a lot of soups in my first book. They are my, you know, I, I covet soup making. I adore it. And um, I think it's really, truly healing. So I have 11 soups in the first book and only, I think, six in this next book, 
but I could see a romance with food goes to soups or goes to other countries. I actually started thinking that I'd really like to go back and do Italian in the next romance with food because I love my Italian cookbook. But at that time, I didn't do everything I could do because of that situation. And I wanted to not step on anyone's toes. So I did the things that are foundational that help an Italian chef get the good bones and then they make it their own. So I've been thinking <laughs> if I'm crazy enough to try to write another book, I would go back and do some things I missed, like seafood pastas and various things that people ask me for the recipes all the time. But who knows? I like that. I, I would honestly say I love the title. And I also love the title of my first book because the elixir of life to those that love food or love cooking or find their own elixirs is, is, is life-sustaining. You know, when you're going through hard times, you find what that passion is. And so I'm just following that journey. And um, I think it, it, it's, it's so, it's so um, prolific, uh, the opportunities to use that title as time goes on. Maybe I will do some more things with it. Excellent. And, <laughs> and I will admit, I know that this is a brutal question to ask a chef. But do you have a favorite recipe from A Romance with Food? You know, that is kind of brutal. Um, <laughs> that's a, it's funny that that would stump me. And I didn't know, I think, that you were going to ask. I feel like I have a favorite recipe in every chapter. But yesterday I was eating the, as I was making the salad I'm mentioning to you, it's basically a kale and cabbage slaw topped with a confetti quinoa uh, salad. And when I'm eating that salad, I'm saying to my, it's so it's like it's so alive, it's so delicious, it feels so healthful, and yet so packed with nutrition. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, this could be my favorite recipe. But you know what? I'm very fickle because I love, I do love all the recipes. I am enjoying the idea of thinking about romance for two, cooking excursions for Valentine's. And that's a subject that I had an article once in a magazine about romantic dinners that you could prepare together at home and make a full event out of it. And I'm, I'm really inspired by that right now um, that people maybe don't want to go out to dinner, perhaps, but they want to have this incredible uh, encounter. And if they cook together, it's such a it's such a spiritual connection, but it's also really fun, especially when people are both foodies. So I'm designing this menu in my head uh, that is uh, where, and I did this fairly purposely, I will be honest, where you could cherry pick from the starters and you could go straight into um, one of the tapas that can also be a salad, but I do, um, I do baby lettuce cups with a ahi, it has a wonderful, I call it a antica dressing, but it's a honey mustard, very light drizzle of this beautiful vinaigrette over the tuna, over avocado that's just been nicely, uh, just touched with a touch of uh, citrus and Himalayan pink salt, and then you mound it. And of course it has other elements like a mango relish and little crispy onion strings. 
And what a beautiful aphrodisiac style starter. You could make it as a full salad, but I think it's nice individual and then go into a duet of other things, maybe cups of soup that you prepare together. I think soup is such a wonderful way to welcome and to just, it's, you know, an elixir in and of itself, but a, a, a very elegant uh, soup for Valentine's and then the entrees. And I'm probably going to demonstrate on a TV show this weekend uh, the how to do the fillets, uh, filet mignon with a really wonderful, very decadent sauce that I'm, I just think it's so sublime. It's a mushroom gorgonzola chipotle sauce that is, is, you know, it's, it's sublime. What can I say? And, um, then into a perfect dessert, like a tres leches, and you would have such a feast and you just uh, plan your beverages around that and light the fire and make it what you want it to be. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be an option, I think, for many people. So I think that is truly a romance with food. It sounds incredible and a little bit of cruelty to myself to do these interviews <laughs> before sorry. lunch, I think, you know. <laughs> um, where can people find the cookbook? They will find it in all of our restaurants, needless to say. And I'm very pleased. We just put it on our shelves on Monday. We have yet to do our formal eat blast and things that we'll prepare. They're going out tomorrow. Uh, but the book is selling through the word of mouth. And we're also, you know, have let quite a few things out of the bag. But in terms of um, it's it's looking like it's going to have a great following. I think a lot of the people that have my first book want to have a second. It, it's active now on romancewithfood.com, but can be accessed through the doll restaurant portal uh, website, which we have e-commerce, so both feed into the same. And over time, when things get a little bit better, I hope to get out into bookstores. I used to love going out and doing cooking demos and interacting with people. You know, one of my favorite things is teaching younger people how to do certain things that they maybe are intimidated by. And it's, it's to me, simple foods done well are actually uh, what I love to show because sometimes the simplest things are the most difficult to achieve. So recently we put out thing around New Year's for what I call flawless lemon mashed potatoes. And I couldn't believe the response of people that said, thank you, because I'm intimidated to do mashed potatoes. My husband or whatever loves them so much, but I can't seem to get it right. Well, it's all comes down to the steps. And I love for people to hear my voice when I guide you through something, because it is a sensory experience. It, you can't just go slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. You've got to really see it, smell it, know what you're looking for at any stage to feel like you've mastered the recipe that you want to do for your friends and family. And that's what I really get a kick out of doing. And I think through my book, through both of the books, quite honestly, you can hear my voice and you don't have to feel that cooking is intimidating. Like less ingredients, more straightforward methodology, and then you make it your own. That's the point of a good cookbook is to inspire people to want to do something with what you've taught them, I think is what makes it fun. Absolutely. And on that perfect bite, Chef Lisa Dahl, author of A Romance with Food, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so honored. I loved it. Thank you so much. 
For more information about A Romance with Food, visit aromancewithfood.com. For more information about Arizona Highways, visit arizonahighways.com. This and all episodes produced by Sarah Heater. Until next time, eat my words.